We have come to the fifth and final Sunday of the season of Lent. If you will recall last week, I mentioned that that Sunday is sometimes nicknamed Refreshment Sunday. And in the gospel last week, we heard Jesus uh, give some of the comfortable words. If you, are, uh, if you frequent uh, liturgies down in our chapel, where we typically use uh, the right one language, you will be familiar with the comfortable words that are found in the prayer book. And these are some of those words that Jesus spoke in the gospel reading last week. What a change then on this fifth Sunday when Jesus says that the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In Jesus, we find the incarnation, the manifestation, the physical manifestation of the Godhead. So we believe Jesus is truly God and truly man. And if truly man, then, like us, filled with a range of feelings, emotions, experiences, perceptions, living in his own time, his own culture, within his own family and those systems. And so we should not be surprised that though Jesus has, speaks with a, a certitude about his faith, his fate, there is, if one reads between the lines, a sense of trepidation. For he knows the way he must die. Not just that he must die, but the actual way in which he will die. Can you imagine bearing that burden for your life? I know that even though uh, death comes to all of us in its time, I would not ever want to know exactly when or certainly how I was to die. We would sort of be fixated on that our entire lives, and we wouldn't, wouldn't want to even uh, enjoy life, I think, because we'd be so certain of that final end. But Jesus bore that burden, knowing how and when he would die. He bore it with grace, and he suffered greatly. On Monday, Thursday, we commemorate the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist with the Last Supper, also the institution of the priesthood. But we also do something else. We, we remember that time in which Jesus went to the garden to pray. He frequently goes to lonely spots in nature to be by himself, to pray. In this case, he had his disciples with him, but they couldn't manage to stay awake. And so he prays in desperation. Angels minister to him. But tradition tells us that in his prayers, he prayed so hard that he sweated drops of blood. He prayed, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And here again in today's gospel reading, we can see that very same strain that he is under. 
when he says, Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. Again and again, he's tempted to do that. Even on the cross, people mock him and say, If you're the Son of God, save yourself. Call down the angels. Satan tempts him. Throw yourself off this high wall, and the angels will bear you up. And Peter, his friend, his disciple, wants nothing less than his master and friend to be hurt or to be executed, even cutting off the ear of one of the uh, servants in the garden to try to defend Jesus. But Jesus resolutely walks step by step towards the cross and towards Calvary. The story of resurrection is one, of course, that will be discussed in greater detail as the weeks progress. But today, what I want us to think about is how in his certitude, despite his misgivings and his uh, fears and nerves about what he had to do, in his doing it faithfully, Jesus sanctified suffering for all time. As one of us, as a fully human being, he sanctified our suffering. He didn't take it away. He didn't make some magic uh, spell in which everything would be sunshine and roses for everybody from that time forward. The gift, of course, was much greater than just a sort of sense of well-being that never ends. So he did give us that great gift. But what he did do is that he overcame evil, but he did not destroy it. Evil still exists in the world. Pain still exists. Sickness exists. Suffering exists. But in his opening of the kingdom of heaven to us, in his grafting us into the body of, into his body, the church, in his making us brothers and sisters of him and one another, he gives us that commandment that we love one another. He tells us that whenever you Whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. He sets us up to bear one another's burdens. He sets us up to pray and sanctify our own sufferings. In fact, there's a a really beautiful prayer in the prayer book uh, in the section of ministry to the sick for the sanctification of an illness. We, of course, pray for healing. We want to be healthy and whole. God loves life. And we are to do all that we can to fight for our lives and to fight for other people's lives. But there are also times to sanctify the suffering, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, knowing that our Lord is with us and knowing that we are there for each other. Now, it's often easy as a priest to get bogged down in the little details of of running things day to day. The copier's jammed, the sink is leaking, branch broke off the tree, 
uh, you got to let so and so in at a certain time to get something done, and there's a lot of a lot of little things that go into the day-to-day operation of a church that can take away. They're necessary things, but can sometimes take away from your focus on the things that really matter. Um, yesterday, I had an occasion to be really reminded of the things that truly matter. You know, I, I think sometimes I get wound up in my own life and feel like I have problems. Well, there's, uh, you know that I help out at the, uh, at the promenade just down the street, which is the senior living facility, in case you don't know. And usually what that involves is uh, a bi-weekly visit where I celebrate communion for them. And there's a group of about 12 who come, and they're, and they're very grateful for that. And it's a, it's a nice thing to do, and I feel good about doing it. But yesterday I was called to visit someone who is uh, suffering greatly. She's uh, nearing the end of her life with rapidly progressing uh, Parkinson's disease. She's alone in the world and sort of feels the walls closing in around her. And it's in moments like this as a priest where you sit with someone and you sit with them in their misery and in their pain. And you can sort of feel it in your own heart. And you can try to help in whatever way you can to bear that with that person, knowing that you can't fix it. And so feeling a little bit frustrated and a little bit powerless in that way. But also knowing that you come to bring the love of the extended love of a whole community of people. You come to bring the prayers of the church. You come to bring the sacraments of anointing and of Holy Communion. And when you're in that sort of spot in your life, when the final things are the things that matter, and all those other little problems you thought you had really seem sort of trivial, That's the moment when this sanctification of suffering is so important. Because while we might not be able to completely take it away like we would like, we still are able to be there and to make it a holy time, a sanctified time. As I said, bringing prayers and love and sacraments and, I hope, a little bit of comfort. So as we continue the walk of Lent with our Lord step by step, inch by inch towards the cross of Calvary and all that that entails. Let us remember that we too are on our own pilgrimages, but we are not islands unto ourselves. We are in all things called to be a community of believers, a community of brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And so we go out into the world and even within our own confines. And we comfort and we sit with others. We uh, bear one another's burden. And so let's remember that like Christ, we have our lives to live and our destinies to fulfill. But let us also remember to be there for one another, to bear one another's burdens, and to sanctify our time on this earth together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.